What's up, everybody? I am Ravisty. I'm Cartoon Joe. And welcome back to another episode of this freaking show. It is the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. The same weekly podcast is being recorded within a tropical storm in the Midwest. That's true. When would I ever have had a chance to say that? Right? Right. Do you know what the storm's name is? Uh, no, but uh, I hope you can tell me. I can. It's Cristobal. That just sounds like they're giving up. Doesn't it? Apparently it's an Hispanic name, uh, but I've never heard of it. It's not like somebody tried to say Crystal Ball and like fucking like stuttered from it. Right? That's what, when Maddie was telling me the name, I was like, why would they name a, a, a tropical storm Chris Duval? Like, that's a weird, <laughs> weird first and last names now. <laughs> right. It, it makes no sense. And I think maybe the reason is, like, when when you have something like a hurricane or um, a, tro- a, a, a normal tropical storm, they give it, like, Helene, you know, Aaron, you know, Jacob, shit like that. But when it's like a, when it's a, a natural disaster, in a sense, uh, that's not supposed to really happen. We're just gonna throw bullshit names at it. Like, like, how do we, how do we name this? Like, who should we name it? Like, you know, Tropical Karen? Like, well, no, it's in the fucking Midwest. I mean, that's not supposed to happen. Uh, name it Archibald. Fuck it. Right. Archibald. Tropical Storm Archibald. Archibald. Right. Right. Oh, I love it. Joey, how have you been? You been good? I've been great. I've been great. I just had some dinner. I made myself a chicken thigh and uh, and some butter and garlic. I got a feeling that when these 30 days of uh, keto's up, you're going to be chickened out. Yeah, there's a decent chance. There's a decent yeah. chance. Yeah. But guys, uh, mentioning uh, keto in uh, the next 30 days, if you guys don't remember, we are doing a 30-day diet challenge uh, as part of Freakness Studios. Make sure you check out FreaknessStudios.com for all the uh, associated podcasts with the network. Make sure you go to Freaknest Studios uh, on YouTube, where you will find the vlog that me and Cartoon Joe are doing uh, as part of this diet challenge. Just keep you guys updated throughout our uh, journeys and everything. Um, and that's where you can find out how we've been doing, what we've been doing, and, uh, you know, our uh, successes and uh, pitfalls throughout this entire um, event. So far, it doesn't seem like we have any pitfalls, but it's still early in the race. <clears throat> guys, we're going to play a new challenge. I don't, you said you said you wanted me to say things when you stopped talking. I know, but it, it was way too. The time has passed. Oh, okay. The time passed, right? If 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 I could, if I count a Mississippi before you say anything, we gotta move on. Okay then. We gotta move on. I'm sorry. I mean, I just I don't want to be that way, but Joey, I gotta be that way, man. We got we got we gotta get to we gotta get to go into our new game. Well, let's move on. Let's play the new game. We got we got the new game. But before we do the new game, of course, we gotta let everyone know. What freaking happened? So, Joey, do you want to go first? Want me to go first? And we can tell everyone what happened this week. I can go first. It's a pretty short one. Um, pretty straightforward. But in my wheelhouse, as uh, Cartoon Joe, (laughs) uh, on this day in history, June 9th, sorry, I had to double check and make sure the date on the page is the same as the date in the world, because sometimes it's a day ahead for some reason. Uh, Back in 1934, Donald Duck appeared on the TV for the first time. He made his first appearance in The Little, The Wise Little Hen, which was a short film by Walt Disney. Hmm. So, one of the characters with voices I really can't do, by the way. Tom Cruise could do it. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like... I know that from uh, the British talk show. I can't remember the name of it, though. But Oh, yeah, the um, uh, Graham Norton show. Yeah, 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 because uh, Seth uh, McFarlane was on it, and he was doing all of his accents. And they asked, uh, you know, Tom Cruise, like, do you know any? And he's like, I could do Donald Duck. But he can't really do Donald Duck. He just sneezes like Donald Duck. Yeah. Gotcha. No, that's just, yeah. that's, that's Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. That's not Donald Duck. It sounded like a uh, very emphasized right shoe. Yeah. Ooh. Yes, it did. <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> Once again, just just Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Right. Or Gilmont from Digimon Season 3. All the same people. <laughs> uh, June 6, 1956. Elvis Presley gyrates on national television. Elvis Presley appears on the Milton Berle show singing his sexually charged version of Hound Dog. Although not Elvis's first television appearance, and not even his first time on the Milton Burrow show. This was the first time he was shown on television in full-length gyrating his pelvis around, his guitar blocking his moves. Journalist Jack O'Brien wrote that Elvis makes up for vocal shortcomings with the weirdest and plainly suggestive animation short of an... Ah, God, I don't know that word. Aborigine? Yeah, there we go. Aborigine mating dance. TV writer Ben Gross wrote, Popular music has been sinking in this country for some years. Now has reached the lowest depth in the grunt and groan antics of one Elvis Presley. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, for all of you uh, historians, you guys should know that Elvis learned his dance moves from uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> Right. Uh, I didn't expect that's where you were going. That's exactly where I was going, Joe. There's nowhere else to go but there. Alright, folks. Uh, we're going to play our game here. Uh, if you guys remember last week, uh, we talked a little bit about ice cream. In fact, we gave a uh, Star Award to the new owners of a local mom-and-pop creamery that opened here in my hometown. Uh, and I'm happy to report that uh, on opening day, uh, the line was backed up. The entire time they were open. Uh, be it that is a little bit due to obviously uh, the pandemic. Uh, even though people still have to be distant from each other, not make people to be in at once. Um, but a lot of people uh, stuck out the the uh, time it took to actually get their ice cream, but they stuck it out and uh, got it. Uh, a lot of positive uh, uh, responses on their Facebook page and everything about the quality of the food that they are uh, giving out. I'm really happy about it, and I'm really happy to see my community really being a part of this, and uh, we finally got ice cream. So, uh, nice. congrats to the ice cream shop for opening up. Um, I can't wait to try uh, the ice cream here at the beginning of July when I get an opportunity to. And, uh, again, I just want to thank the uh, Will County uh, Fair to, uh, Board for allowing Piazzone to use their uh, benches and picnic tables for local uh, businesses to allow more of a crowd to be in their area to sit at. This Recon Show is brought to you by Audible.com. If you like uh, if you like to read as much as I do, if you enjoy a good book, head on over to audibletrial.com slash freaknet. Maybe you don't like to read. Maybe you like to have things read to you. Head on over to audibletrial.com slash freaknet, and you will get a 30-day free trial plus your first credit toward a free book. Uh, I recommend during this, this time of extended uh, uh, staying at home to, to pick something longer, something really good, maybe something by Stephen King. Maybe check out The Stand or It or any of the Dark Tower books. Anything in that category, you're going to find something that's at least 30 to 40 hours long, which is going to get you through a whole week of listening, um, so head on over to audibletrial.com slash freaknet today. So, uh, so with the spirit of uh, ice cream, I want to dive into this, uh, because there are quite a few of them I want to get through. And, uh, Joey, why don't you, uh, yeah, tell, tell them the game. Tell, tell them what the name of the game is and how it's going to work. What is the name of the game? It's... Oh, well, I put in the messenger, but I'll say it. Uh, oh, it's, called, it's called That's the Scoop. Oh, that's right. You did say that. Sorry. It is called That's the Scoop. And uh, Travis is going to read me a list of, uh, of of ice cream flavors, and I'm going to decide whether or not it is a delicious scoop or total poop, which is to say, would I try it or would I not? Yes. So, looking forward to it. I predict that the vast majority of these will be, yeah, I'll try that. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> okay. I'm looking, as long as it's not like a filter fish ice cream, I think we'll be okay. I I've seen uh, I've seen a couple of them that uh, even horrify me to say, but because um, it's out there, I'm going to mention it. Uh, guys, these these are real ice cream flavors that have been around at one point or another somewhere in the world. So 
Uh, I'm going to start with the first one. I'm just going to read down the list and everything. we got a lot of them to go through. So this this entire episode is dedicated to ice cream. So guys, sit Let's back, go. relax, and uh, enjoy uh, these flavors as we read them. Maybe there will be one out there you guys enjoy. Maybe there's one out there you guys know that I may not mention. All right, first one here, mayonnaise ice cream. Oh, wow, starting strong with total poop. All right, have you ever thought mayo would make a great ice cream flavor? If so, you are in luck. This ice cream flavor caused a viral storm recently and had the entirety of the Internet discuss it. This flavor was created by Ice, an ice cream shop in Scotland, who is known for the weirdest ice cream flavors. So total poop? Okay. Yeah, I will say... I would absolutely try it, but I have no hope of liking it. Gotcha. And uh, uh, I, know, I get it. it's. I love mayo. A lot of it is due to keto, um, but I, cu- I couldn't do it in ice cream form. I couldn't eat a plain. It's it's it's, it's one of the things where. Uh, ooh, and I should I should probably send you this uh, recipe. I'm not sure if you're a fan of tilapia. I love tilapia. There is a recipe I have where it's a it's an oven baked tilapia, and what you do is you cover the tilapia in mayo. And then covered in Parmesan cheese. Uh, they, yeah, the grated uh, grated Parmesan cheese they put on like spaghetti and uh, whatever, and then you throw it in the oven, and then it all kind of bakes together. And, yeah, you obviously put lemon and stuff on it too, but it's it's the oils and stuff from the mayo that kind of absorb into the tilapia. It's it's a, it's actually pretty fucking good. You just, the no. thing is, right? It sounds amazing. Um, the thing is, you just you have to put the mayo on uh, thinly. Because you put it too much, then you just like there's goops and mayo at the time. I'll send you a recipe. You know, I'll put the recipe on the uh, freaking Journey Facebook page. Do it. There we go. All right, the next one's called Devil's Breath. This ice cream flavor is so spicy, people need to sign a waiver before trying it. It's made out of Carolina Reaper peppers, also known as the world record holder of the spiciest pepper on the planet. The ice cream flavor was made in honor of Valentine's Day. At Aldwych Cafe and Ice Cream Parlor in Glasnow, Scotland. I am so into that, my mouth is watering. Delicious scoop. Really? Yeah, I love spicy stuff. Gotcha. Um, fish and chip gelato. I don't know. I tried. Delicious scoop. I'll give it delicious scoop. I'm only gonna read the descriptions of like ice cream names. If it's in the if it's in the name, I'm not gonna read it. Like, yeah. It's self it's self explanatory, you know. Yeah. Fish and French fries. Uh this one is from Australia though. So if you guys thought England, nope, Australia. I did think England. <laughs> uh pizza flavored ice cream. Oh, what kind of pizza? Uh let's see here. This pizza flavored ice cream treated definitely puts uh that quote to the test. Made in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The ice cream is composed of basil, salt, garlic, tomato, and oregano flavoring. Oh so, yeah. Yes. Yeah? Really? Yeah, scoop. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Oh sounds so good. So now what is it about it that you think would be good? Do you think the sweetness of the ice cream mixed with all these would actually like balance itself out? I do. I do. I also love the idea of a savory ice cream. And then I'm also thinking about like other dairy products that are savory. So like, uh, like pizza flavored goldfish are delicious. And so I'm yes. just imagining if that was creamier, like would it still be good? And I think it would be. Okay. Okay. Uh, hot Cheeto ice cream. Again, self-explanatory. Yeah. This one was made in California. Delicious scoop. I'd eat that. Uh, buttered popcorn flavored ice cream. I would eat it. I think I'd enjoy it, but it's hard to say because if it tastes anything like the, uh, buttered popcorn jelly beans that used to be in the, uh, the birdie bots, I would not be interested. From what I'm seeing here, it's basically vanilla ice cream mixed with butter and popcorn. Alright, I'm in. (laughs) Squid ink ice cream. You know, I'd try it. I don't know if it'd be a delicious scoop, but I'd try it. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's popular in Asia countries like South Korea, but it's barely making its, but it's just barely making its way stateside. Mm-hmm. Lobster ice cream. Uh, I would try it. I do not think I'd like it. I'm going to say total poop, but I'd try it. 
Ketchup ice cream. Total poop. Right. I'm sure I just can't imagine. (laughs) It's not. Not ketchup. Uh, this cool condiment concoction was created in honor of Ed Sheeran. (laughs) Of course it was. Ed Sheeran famously has the Heinz ketchup logo tattooed on his arm, so Gelati, located in Ireland, decided to create this treat in his honor. You could even get a few drizzles of ketchup on top of it. Ooh, this one looks good. Hot dog flavored ice cream. Although this ice cream flavored was a limited event, although the ice cream flavor was a limited event, the idea of it still makes it one of the weirdest ice cream flavors. This ice cream was created by mixing sausage flavors with sweet ice cream, then placing it inside the hot dog bun. You can definitely consider this one of the weirdest flavors of ice cream. Oh, it's served in a bun? I'm in. Delicious scoop. I'll try that. The only thing that's weird about this is, like, when I'm thinking hot dog flavored ice cream, all I can think about is hot dog water. That's the only thing that bothers me. But as soon as you said it was sausage flavors and then it's just put in a bun, I was like, okay, maybe this would be fine. (laughs) Joey, I'm not going to lie. You're saying saying you like more things than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Horse flesh. What? Yeah. There are two dozen attractions within Tokyo's indoor amusement park, uh, Namja Town. But it would be easy to spend all of your time there pondering the many out there flavors at Ice Cream City, where raw horse flesh, cow tongue, salt, yakisoba, octopus, and squid are among the flavors that are tickled or strangled visitors' taste buds. Hmm? Horse flesh. I, I gotta say, that if I were in Tokyo and I had that opportunity, I would take it. I'm a little ashamed to say it, but I would, I would try it. Like it can't be bad, right? It's weird that it's raw. Yeah. Like cooked. I don't want to say this too loud. Cooking horse flesh seems fine. Well, it, it's just weird to be like when you sit there and think about farms and everything. We eat chickens, we eat pigs, we eat cows, we eat lambs. You know, sheep, whatever. Yeah. Why not the horse? You know, right. I mean. These are like big dogs is my only thing. They're very. Right. Uh, so, so you're you're going with delicious treat if in Asia. Yeah, if I'm in Tokyo. When in Tokyo, you is the Japanese. Uh, pickled mango. Uh, one of the oh. color. What's up? Sorry, I'm so in. I love mango and the idea of pickling it and then making ice cream. Cool. Uh, cream cheese based ice cream with a slightly spicy mango sauce made of white balsamic vinegar, white pepper, allspice, and clove. That sounds like it was made specifically for me. <laughs> uh, corn on the cob. I, I would eat that. Yeah. Delicious scoop. I've had okay. corn ice cream before. It's real good. Since opening Maximina's in Queens, New York in 1998, brothers, Owners Bruce and Mark Becker created more than 5,000 one-of-a-kind ice cream flavors, many of them adapted from their grandfather's original recipe. Daily flavor experiments mean that the menu is ever-changing, but corn on the cob, a summer favorite. Um, also, they have horseradish, garlic, pizza, lox, and jalapeno. have uh, also been additional flavors. Wonderful. Garlic, uh, I've never had it. What's up? Garlic ice cream is really good. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Love garlic. I just When it comes to ice cream, it has to be sweet or I'm not going to do it. it just, oh, it is? You'd be surprised how sweet it is. Oh, God. Uh, I can never pronounce this, but uh, foie gras? Foie gras? Foie gras. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it is, um, it is a... Goose liver pate, I believe, or duck liver, something like that. All right, well, now it's an ice cream. Yep. I, oh, God. I enjoy foie gras. I know how unethical it is. Therefore, I must say total poop, but I would try. I I think it'd be good ice cream. Okay. Uh, Pear and blue cheese. Delicious scoop, I'm in. 
Ghost pepper. Delicious scoop. I mean, if I'm going to have the, the devil's butthole one, or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, I don't think it had anything to do with the butthole. <laughs> I mean, it would probably as the yeah. end. The Sorry. devil's breath. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, right. No, joke. <laughs> uh, bourbon and cornflake. Oh, yes, please. Delicious scoop. Fig and fresh brown turkey. Fresh, fresh brown or fresh ground? Brown. Sweet tooth scientist at New York City's Il Laboratorio del Gelato have never met a flavor they didn't like or want to turn into an ice cream. How else would one explain the popular popularity of their fig and fresh brown turkey gelato, a popular section among the hundreds of flavors they have created thus far? Beet and cucumber are just two other ones too. But yeah, I guess I guess there's I guess it's a form of saying the dark meat of the turkey. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, that sounds great. It's the fig that draws me in. It's the fig. I don't care what kind of turkey it is, as long as they're fig in it. No, yeah. Uh, lobster. Is there another lobster one? There's another lobster one. I guess the other one's lobster and butter or whatever. This one's just lobster. But, oh, you know what? This one's in a chocolate ice cream. Is it a chocolate ice cream? Yeah, a chocolate butter ice cream base. Okay, I don't think I'd like it, but I must try it. Ooh, and this one also has pieces of lobster in it, where the other one was just a, like a lobster, I guess, maybe like a puree kind of like blended in. But this one actually has pieces of lobster. See, that's that's what I think would turn me off on it is the the texture. Gotcha. But I still I still want to try it real bad. I'm gonna say total poo, but I really want to try it. I really want a butter chocolate ice cream. That sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, Creo tomato ice cream. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, the philosophy at New Orleans Creole Creamery is simple. Eat ice cream, be happy. What's not as easy as choosing from their dozens of rotating ice cream sorbets, sherbets, and ices. But only the most daring of dinner diners might want to swap out a sweet indulgence for something that sounds more like a salad. Like the Creole tomato. I wish I had pictures of this shit. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Alright, last one here. It's called Eskimo Ice Cream. If you happen to find yourself in an ice cream shop in Juneau, remember this. Eskimo Ice Cream, also known as Akutag, is not the same as an Eskimo Pie. That chocolate-covered ice cream bar you'll find in just any grocery store. Though the statewide delicacy is usually gone enough, got enough fresh berries mixed in to satisfy one sweet tooth, it's basically, it's based as actual Animal fat, reindeer, caribou, possibly even whale. So ber- yeah. berries and animal fat. I would love to try that. I don't think I'd like it. I think I'd say total poop. But it sounds delicious. That's how I jump. I I didn't think you're gonna like like delicious scoop a lot of those. Did we do the whole list. That was all list, man. That was all all twenty two of them. Gotcha. All right, and you like delicious scoop like a majority of them. <laughs> I figured I would. I love weird ice cream flavors. I recently learned that apparently a very popular flavor of ice cream way back in the um uh like 16th, 17th century, mm-hmm. um, which I guess at that time it would have been more of a custard than an actual ice cream, was black pepper. And uh, I was watching the recipe for a black pepper ice cream, and I think I would love it. Especially if it had chunks of fruit in it, like either mangoes or cherries. Really? Mm-hmm. Cherry I can do. I'm all about cherry. I it's like I think my favorite is still Cherry Garcia from Ben. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. Um there's one more thing I wanna do uh, when it comes to ice cream. Alright, we're gonna do this too. We're gonna make an game, Joe. Okay. It's, it's round two of that's a scoop. Perfect. But a little bit different. I'm going to give you two ice creams. Do you remember when we played that game for Derek's birthday where we picked the top uh, between two years and just kept moving the winner on to the face something else? Yes. Cool. We're going to do it with ice cream. Perfect. All right. 
So, uh, the first, uh, two. Pistachio and, uh, vanilla fudge. Oh, my two all-time favorites. I can uh, read you a description of one if you need more, uh, detail about it. Can I get a little bit more information on the vanilla fudge? Yes. If you're a chocolate sauce or hot fudge person, this flavor has your name written all over it. Vanilla fudge ripple ice cream has the perfect amount of vanilla and chocolate swirls into it. The flavor is usually used with different sundaes or sometimes black and white milkshakes. I was so afraid that that was going to be the description. (laughs) Because it makes it so much harder. I, oh God. Well, that's the thing I love to like, I, 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 I could, once in a while, I could eat chocolate ice cream, but it's not my favorite. And I love vanilla ice cream if it's the right kind of vanilla. But when you start putting, like, fudge swirls into the vanilla ice cream, I'm sold on chocolate. Right? My, my, uh, it's, it's, let me put it this way. My absolute go-to. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I love almost every kind of ice cream. I've never had an ice cream I really disliked. Um, Mm -hmm. I have my favorites. But if, if this is available, and there's nothing like super interesting. Yeah. I will almost always get a scoop of vanilla with a little bit of chocolate sauce. Yeah. So that's going to go with for number one. So you're going to go swirl for this one? Yep. Yep. Okay. Hard. Right. Because pistachio is, if it's available, it's my number one. Gotcha. Okay. So we're doing vanilla swirl versus butter pecan. I'm keeping vanilla swirl. Vanilla swirl versus cotton candy. I'm going to keep vanilla swirl, but I do enjoy cotton candy. Vanilla swirl versus regular vanilla. Uh, vanilla swirl is going to win. Vanilla swirl versus banana. Ah, uh, vanilla swirl wins. Vanilla swirl versus birthday cake. Vanilla swirl, man. Vanilla swirl or mint chocolate chip? Uh, I gotta jump over to mint chocolate chip. Just let you know, these are the top 20 flavors of, uh, 2019. Vanilla Swirl was 19 on this list. That doesn't shock me. Uh, we're at number 13 with mint chocolate chip, and that's going up against Moose Track. Uh, I'm gonna stick with mint chocolate chip, although Moose Track is delicious. Mint chocolate chip versus Rocky Road. Uh, I'm gonna stick with mint chocolate chip. Mint chocolate chip versus cinnamon roll. Hmm. I don't think I've ever had cinnamon roll. I'm going to change the cinnamon roll. Okay. Cinnamon roll versus Neapolitan. Cinnamon roll. Cinnamon roll versus strawberry. I'm going to say cinnamon roll. Cinnamon roll versus chocolate. I'm going to say cinnamon roll. Cinnamon roll versus chocolate chip cookie dough. Uh, that's not our favorite. It's so good. It is so good. I'm going to switch over to chocolate chip cookie dough. Chocolate chip cookie dough versus peanut butter cup. I'm switching to peanut butter cup. You ever had turtle tracks? I maybe once. And it's, it's so good. Yeah, it's like moose tracks, but uh, it's... Um, Oh god, I think, I think what it is, uh, it's Moose Tracks has the peanut butter cups, but Turtle Tracks is like the caramel cups, I think. Yes, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Uh, peanut butter cup versus chocolate peanut butter cup. Ah, uh, regular peanut butter cup. Regular peanut butter cup versus cookie and cream. Regular peanut butter cup. Regular peanut butter cup versus coffee. Uh, regular peanut butter cup. Oh shit. Alright, regular peanut butter cup versus green mint chocolate chip. Yeah, green mint chocolate chip. I didn't even know there was a green mint. I thought it was just a regular vanilla mint. Right? I don't understand the difference, but I'm in. Uh, let's see here. This ice cream flavor is literally the best. Everyone loves it and it's everyone's favorite. Did I make a good choice with picking the best ice cream? The green mint chocolate chip is more like a winter green mint and is filled with chocolatey chips. And the green kind is the best kind. No ifs, ands, or buts. Nice. Now here's something I will say, interestingly. If I have a choice between 
green mint chocolate chip and pistachio, I will 99 times out of 100 pick the pistachio. And why is that? I just really like the pistachio ice cream better than the mint chip. But I like mint chip better than vanilla fudge. Vanilla swirl. What about frozen is, yogurt? What's your thought on frozen yogurt? I like it. I don't know that I have had enough of it to have a strong opinion. This episode of this freaking show is brought to you by BallWash.com. Now, it's no secret that the man's most prized possession also happens to be the most sensitive part of his body. Balls are prone to sweat, odor-causing bacteria, and irritation. Upgrade your balls game with quality products formulated to keep your skin healthy and fresh. Guys, that is where BallWash.com comes in. Go to BallWash.com right now. Check out the variety of products they have as well as kits and subscriptions they have available for you. And when you hit that checkout button and you go to pay for that order, make sure you use the promo code FREAKNET, that's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, at checkout. It will save you 15% on your entire order. That's right, BallWash.com. When it comes to your sack, they got your back. Well, Joe, I know one day uh, when we uh, start getting back together and do some of these FreakNet Studios YouTube videos, we are going to do a uh, ice cream ranking. Fantastic. I'm not sure what five we're going to use, but um, it's going to be amazing. Nice. nice. Yeah. Well, you know what will happen is is we'll say we're going to get the top five Ben and Jerry's of all time, and uh, and Sarge is going to show up with, like, the generic Aldi's. Uh, <laughs> the great value? Yeah. Ben and Jerry's. It'll be like, it'll be like Chonky Monku or something. <laughs> like... Fat, fat ape ice cream or something. <laughs> it's like Ren and Jimmy's. Right. It's the same shit. <laughs> that took a second to sink in. Speaking of food, basic bitch ice cream. <laughs> oh, God, I can't wait to get a message about this. I know, I'm sure you will. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sarge, I wouldn't tease you if you didn't deserve it. Oh, God. Because of my fondness for you. Because of my fondness for you. Because of the love. The love. Speaking of Sarge, guys, uh, like I mentioned, we are part of FreakNet Studios. If you go to FreakNetStudios.com, you can find links to all of our associated podcasts, like Doug Gray Area, Pretty Little Freaks, Just Freaking Wrestling, and this podcast, This Freaking Show. And also, may I mention that uh, this freaking show has some pretty sweet merchandise that's out there for sale. All yeah, we do. Go, yeah, we do. All you gotta do is go to tpublic, that's T-E-P-V-L-I-C, dot com, search TFS, and check out all our merchandise. We do have a sale starting next week. More uh, information on that to come, so stay tuned for that. And get prepared to buy your This Freaking Show merch. <clears throat> John, I'm not going to lie, we are blowing through this uh, episode pretty quickly. We are. I am quite impressed. I am, I am really fucking impressed. Anywho. Yeah. Uh, Joe, how's everything been up, uh, been up your way uh, as far as, um, you know, we, we've seen a lot of the, uh, the protesting and everything. It never affected you or came by your, uh, by your residence, correct? It stayed more towards in the city? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. There were, I mean, I think there were some protests in my neighborhood, but I didn't, I missed them. I didn't even know they were happening. So, um, yeah, there was really no, as far as I know, there was no any, no rioting in my neighborhood. It was just protests. Um, everything stayed pretty peaceful up here. Um, actually, uh, Lady Sands and I, the, the neighborhood my church is in had a protest and we, um, it was, it was pretty hastily thrown together. And so we just kind of showed up you know, as, uh, as soon as we could. And, uh, it was pretty good. It was, you know, we stood there with our signs and, and cars drove by and honked. And then we, we walked to the end of, of basically the, the main street that we were on. And then we walked back and that was it. It was pretty, pretty straightforward, pretty simple. And, uh, I think Maddie and I left literally three, four minutes before the whole thing was over. Like we, we got back to our car and I think that's when everybody else started to disperse. So, but it was nice. It was nice, you know, and it was, it was organized by young people, I guess, uh, some, some high schoolers who live in town and, uh, you know, or in the neighborhood. And, uh, it was very peaceful, very calm. Um, I gotta say, 
uh, I was really appreciative of the police officers who were there who, you know, were, were helping to block traffic so that we could cross the street. Um, you know, they, it, everyone kept it peaceful. It was a really good, really well done thing, I thought. So, um, but other than that, no, nothing's really, nothing's really been up here. It's been pretty calm as far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I finally, uh, looked up what you were talking about, uh, as far as the, uh, the law enforcement, uh, Minnesota. The, uh, the community is going to, uh, police themselves. Oh, mm-hmm. How is that a good idea? Well, so. I think, I'm, I think, you know what? You're gonna have to explain it to me, and I know you're going to, because I think I might be looking at it in the wrong way. So maybe you could clarify exactly what's happening. Because in my mind, yeah. it seems like people are going to take law into their own hands. Gotcha. No, so, um, basically, mm-hmm. um, uh, the model that I, under, as I understand it, the model that Minnesota, or Minneapolis anyway, is, is planning to adopt is very similar to the model that's been running in Camden, New Jersey for the past few years. Okay. Um, maybe in the past decade, I forget. No, yeah, it started in 2012, so almost, almost 10 years. Um, and basically the idea is right now what we're doing with, with police officers is we're asking them to do like 15 different jobs that are all wildly different. And in the midst of that, we expect them to remain calm and, you know, have a gun but not use it and, and all of this stuff. And, you know, they're not, they're not social workers. They're, they're law enforcement. And so the idea is you reduce the size of, uh, the actual number of officers that you have, um, so that the, the officers, you know, there, there's not as many, um, people who can work themselves up, get into a, a tizzy, you know, feel like they, are clamping down on things. And uh, at the same time, you increase the number of social workers, you increase the number of um, crisis intervention professionals, um, and you increase the number, instead of calling 911 for help in most situations, you'd call 311, and you'd basically say, hey, you know, this is going on, we need some help, and they would send somebody who who's trained to actually help with whatever the specific, specific problem is. If it's uh, a domestic uh abuse situation, if it's a, a drug situation, if it's a, um, uh, you know, a, a, a robbery situation where it's something like petty theft, um, you're going to get somebody who's going to connect people to resources to help make sure that that crime doesn't happen again. Whereas with police officers, what often happens is they're overworked, they're underpaid, they're working too hard, the community doesn't know them, and they don't know the community, and so they come in, and they they don't know, you know, who's supposed to be there and who's not. And, um, you know, people are, get aggressive with them, they get aggressive back, and things tend to start to to explode and, and, and get too fiery. And then we have what happened, you know, what happens a lot, you know, not all the time, but it happens a lot. Um, it happens more like, than it should. What's that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So basically the idea is, uh, uh, what, what they want to do is try and get to the root problems of the crimes, which is addressing, you know, the, the, uh, economic situation, addressing the, you know, is there, is there a parent in the home? Is there a loving, uh, parent figure that can, that can take care of a kid? Is there, you know, um, does, does this person need actually to go to rehab, um, to get help with their substance abuse issue? Um, because that's going to do a lot more good than sending somebody to prison where they're likely to get no help for their substance abuse issue. Uh, they're likely to end up doing actually more drugs in prison because of the, the black market in, in prisons. And then they're going to be released and they're going to be immediately rearrested because they get caught doing drugs again. You know, whereas if you, if you get somebody in rehab right away, you know, they're, they're going to have a better time. They're going to be able to maybe get their life back and be productive members of society. And that's going to, you know, in in the end, that's ultimately going to create, you know, that's going to be more jobs, that's going to be more tax revenue, that's going to be more people who are restored to their society instead of locked away and and gone. You know, I, I just, the way that I've been thinking about it all day today is is kids need, uh, you know, breakfast and dads. They don't need uh, their dad thrown in jail. You know what I mean? So, like, that's that's really the idea. You're not getting rid of the police entirely. You're just decreasing the burden of their job. Their job will be to investigate. Their job will be to um, make arrests when arrests are necessary. But beyond that, they won't have to do social work. They won't have to 
you know, unless they want to. They won't have to, you know, make sure people are getting breakfast or, um, you know, using drugs safely or getting into rehab or something like that. So it's, I don't know, I, I think it's a, it's worth exploring. It's worked really well in Camden, I guess, New Jersey. Um, so far, I mean, the, the numbers are still coming in, but they've reduced violent crime by a significant amount. Um, you know, they went from, I think, uh, 79 murders per 100,000 to 22. So that's a that's a pretty big drop. Um, could be better, but it's yeah. it's still pretty good. Yeah, Joy, I'm an idiot, so I'm not quite understanding what you're saying to me. Um, I, I think I'm following. I think I'm following you to an extent, but there's there's part there's parts I'm missing here. Um, sure. Let me let me give you a couple of examples. Yeah. Can you tell you tell me who gets called on this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um. Someone gets locked out of their car, but they can't reach a family member. Who do they call? Uh, I, I assume they call 311 or a locksmith. Okay. A uh, husband hits his wife at home. Uh, they'd call 311 and get connected to a social worker who's going to... Uh, it's probably a social worker <laughs> and a crisis intervention person. Who are going to help de-escalate the situation, and then if the if the the wife needs to be removed from the situation for her safety, um, the social worker is going to help her get access to the resources she needs. Okay, same phone call. Social worker shows up. Guy still irate. That's what they call law enforcement at that time, because somebody has to interject in that moment. Well, I, I think the idea is that. Um, most police officers at this time are not well trained in de-escalation techniques. So, but I'm saying, like, like if a woman is locked in her bathroom and the husband's trying to kick the door down and she's on the phone, she's calling three one one at that moment. I honestly don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't see that. That's the part that like I get confused by. Yeah, it like, depends. I think on um, well, could, uh, it depends on a lot of things. It depends on if you. Uh, can trust the police when you call them. Because a lot of people don't. You know, they, they won't call the police at all because they don't trust them. They're gonna, they're afraid that the police are gonna show up and kill the wrong person, shoot their dog, you know, that kind of bullshit. So the, the woman might just put up with it. Or she might just hide in the bathroom till the husband calms down. You know, and so if you, if you are in a situation where you feel like you can trust the authorities, you know, you're going to call the authorities that you trust. If it happens to be 911 because you need somebody to physically restrain your husband, cool. That's who you're going to call. But if you just need somebody to help de-escalate the situation, you're going to you're going to call somebody who's trained to do that. And right now, yeah. police officers simply aren't. Well, that's that's what I'm getting at. Like, the husband comes home drunk, history of abuse towards the wife, but she's too afraid to leave. I mean, that that's a cop situation at that point, right? I don't but, necessarily agree with that. Because in my mind, in my mind, it's their whole thought is don't let the cops deal with it, let the community deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I think the community does a better job, generally speaking, because the community knows you. If the cops are part of the community, that makes it easier, too. But I also, I, I have a particular bias here because I don't think I would ever call the police for anything ever, to be honest with you. Uh, in terms of, of anything that happened in my home, anything that happened, uh, anywhere, I would, I would talk to my neighbors first if, if there was a break-in or something. Um, I'd be like, hey, did you see any shady characters around? You know, like I, I, and then if I, if I needed the police, I'd go to the police station rather than call them to my building. You know, cause I just, I, I don't know the police in my area and I don't trust them to come into the building, which, uh, has a huge number of, of Hispanic and immigrant populations and behave, uh, ethically. I, I just don't trust them in the city of Chicago to do that. There's Chicago police up by you, right? There's yeah. no like village, like, okay. That's all no, Chicago. See, that's different. If I was, I think if I was in Piatone, you know, you guys probably know your police officers. I know there's one that lives right down the street from from your mom and my dad. Yep. No. Um I, I think that's a little different just because it's and that's that's the thing, is is the community should decide for itself what it needs. Um, which I think is very important. Yeah, but if you come down to Pietel and tell them that we're no longer having cops in our town, that everyone's gonna police themselves and everyone has a gun case. I mean, they're not going to stop anything if somebody tries to break into somebody's house and the owner of the house decides to shoot them. I mean, they, they I could charge for it because they're policing themselves. They're as, as self-defense at that point. 
No, I suppose it would be self-defense, but they, they wouldn't be only policing themselves. There, there's, there's a, there's a support network. It's not just, you know, willy-nilly lawlessness. You know, there's, there's still a, there's still a system in place. It's just a slightly different system. So I guess I'm mean, like, it, it makes no sense to me because like, the way I read it, I guess I'm just thinking about it like, it sounds like I'm thinking about it completely wrong. Cause it, in my mind is, in my mind it almost sounds like a fucking purge. Just not so much like the rule is to kill people. It's just like, hey, if something happens, deal with it yourself. And if you can't deal with it, then call the police. That's what oh, it sounds I, like for me. No, 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 no. No, I don't think it would be like that. It'd be like you, you call people whose job it is to help you deal with it. And if that's the police, it's the police. But if it's the social worker, it's the social worker. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're going to have to explain this to me more uh, one day. Like, I think, I think I'm understanding the whole concept. Maybe if I read more into it, I just like when you explain shit to me because it's easier. Yeah. I enjoy it. I, I, well, and it helps me clarify my thoughts about it because I don't, I don't always know it. It doesn't always make total sense until I start talking about it. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't think about it from every angle. Like I, I never considered the angles that you've brought up. So. Well, that, that, and that's probably like the shitty part of my end because I always look at the worst case scenario kind of thing. And it's like when people talk about it because you, well, no, it's, it's not like, it's not worst case scenario as in like this is a bad idea. It's just like, it's like, where, where do you draw the line between dealing with yourself? Like, let, let's go back to the situation where a woman's locked in her house and her husband's trying to kick down the fucking bathroom door. Now, right. if she, if she calls the cops and everything, the cops don't come over, acknowledging what the, uh, the husband does, hopefully does the right thing and detain him, not, you know, hurt him, but. Right. When you're belligerent, you don't know what you're doing. But at the same time, it's like, if you get rid of the cops completely, does that woman call her brother who is sick of her, um, her husband constantly beating him and he just happens to go there and take the law into his own hand and gun him down or beat him down. That's, gotcha. that's, yeah, no, that wouldn't be okay. You wouldn't want that to happen. Yeah. And that, and that's where, that's where my worry comes into this stuff because I, I don't think people are, are understand because I can't be the only one. And if I am, then I'll, then I'll plead ignorance that I'm the only one doing it. But oh, I, I think lots of people are wondering how yeah. it's going to look. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it, it, it was just an interesting to me, and I hear a lot of people saying, like, defund the police uh, department, defund police and everything. And it, oh, it was yeah. Like, the- yeah. Well, just, uh, so a lot of things with the defunding the police, it, it's, it's not generally, from what I've been reading, it's not a complete, completely defund the police. It's, mm-hmm. you know, they're buying too many toys and not spending enough resources on actually helping their communities. So we're going to stop them from, from, adding military gear that they don't need because they're not in a war with civilians. Um, you know, we're, we're going to stop them from buying that bullshit. And instead, we're going to invest in feeding more kids breakfast or, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, if there's a kid that's starting to fail classes, starting to look like they might be on the road to juvie, we're going to maybe, you know, this guy has been in the community for a long time. We're going to maybe pay him to be a mentor. You know, and or maybe we'll pay this cop extra money to be a mentor. You know, there's there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, it's just it's it comes down to getting the communities to be more tightly knit than they are right now. Yeah, I can, that makes more sense. It may, it makes that makes more sense than what I was thinking. Because in my mind, like honestly, in my mind, I was thinking like, you know, people with guns are going to police their town on their own and everything, and you know, there's not gonna be anything about because it it's you know, there's no law at that point, but. Yeah, no, no, no. That'd be, whew, it'd be horrifying. It'd be, it'd be yeah. worse oh, than what know, it is now. There are some places in which it works. So I'm, I'm thinking particularly of the the city of Rojava over in um, Iraqi Kurdistan. Um, almost every citizen there has an AK-47, and they walk around with it open carry all day long. And uh, you know, they haven't had, they don't really have murders there. You know, most of the time, if something happens, um, they actually don't even really have law enforcement, per se. What they have, in, instead of judges, is a, uh, a council of grandmothers, whose job it is to work things out between families so that blood feuds don't start. Hmm. So, it's it's interesting stuff. There's lots of different ways to look at it that I've I only recently started learning about. So, Do you believe open carry? Like, not so much in your hand, but in a holster, invisible? Could decrease uh, crime. I don't know. 
to be honest with you. Um, I'm uncomfortable with it, but mostly that's because I'm uncomfortable. Uh, I don't know who is well trained. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's what freaks me out about it is is anybody can can wear a gun on their their hip if they have the the proper permits or whatever. But there's no guarantee that they are you know putting a hundred rounds down range once a month or twice a month. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that it makes me nervous. I don't I don't know for sure if everyone was well trained if we if we did a better job of requiring training as like part of the uh, if there was a certification. Yeah. Yeah, well, then I then I'd be more comfortable with it. Yeah, well, because I know, because uh, uh, Auckland County, he went through the conceal and carry class and everything. Uh, I think it was a three day class, but I mean, he was in the Navy for the better part of three or four years or something like that. So obviously, he had his training in the military, but he went through the conceal carry. And he got explained to me with a lot of you know written and class work, and they did go out into the range and shoot a little bit. Um, but even in my opinion, like it just it didn't seem like it was enough to allow somebody to carry a gun in public. Now, I would be okay with it if it was like a retired police officer, a veteran and stuff like that, who has the understanding and everything of a firearm. Right. And they have yeah. the right, the mental capability of doing such thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think there should be um, some sort of a psyche valve that should be taken on Maybe a biannual or four-year basis. You have to make sure you're still in check. Um, but realistically, I mean, like, you walk through Chicago, I mean, like, and honestly, it's one, it's one of the reasons I'm afraid to go into the city. Because you see the murders that happen on a weekly basis and everything, and it just scares the hell out of me knowing that if I walk down the street, I don't know who's carrying what or who, you know, mm. You know, it's not, it's not a, it's not a race thing or anything like that. I don't mean it to be, I don't mean it to sound like that. Um, yeah. but white people, well, are, white people are criminals too. Asian people, Mexican people, everyone's a criminal. It's not a color thing. And I mean, Chicago is one of those melting pot cities, just like New York or San Francisco or even Houston or Miami, you know, and it, it's not, it's just, you know, being in Piatone and finding the ratio of murders to Chicago, it's a little bit higher. Yeah. So yeah. to leave, to leave uh, my bubble, but... What comforts me is that um, it's really only, like, three neighborhoods that are responsible for the, like, like 80-90% of, of all the murders that happen over the mm-hmm. summer. Um, it's, it's basically um, Englewood... Um, I want to say, and I'm probably wrong, um, I want to say Garfield Park or Humboldt Park, um, and there's one west side neighborhood that's up there too. Um, but as long as you're, you're, as long as you're north of that, you're probably fine. Um, and honestly, as a white person, you're probably fine. No one's going to shoot at you, generally speaking. Um, because they, they know that that's, that's instantly going to get the cops involved. You know what I mean? They don't want the cops in the neighborhood. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the, the point you make about, about having certifications and things, I think that's really important because like, uh, I have a friend who's a pastor down, um, he lives in River Forest, I think, um, or mm-hmm. Park Forest, somewhere on the, he's on, he's on the far south side. Um, I think just outside of the city. Um, and he was telling me about how like, uh, you know, and he's, he's the most peaceful dude I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, I don't even think I've ever seen him get mad except for the time he was telling me about these kids shooting around his neighborhood. And he was like, man, these jokers, they don't even know, they don't even know how to aim and they're pulling these triggers. Like, you know, his, his mom's house got all shut up and she wasn't even involved in the gang war that was going on right then because like, you know, sh- she's a mom. An old, an old lady, you know, uh, yeah. and just these guys just, they don't even know how to aim. They have absolutely no training. They're just, you know, hotheads with a gun. And it's just like, like guys, you gotta do better. You know. Yeah. Actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing more programs being put into the city, like the Big Brother program and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a cool thing to look into. Um, yeah. I looked it up real quick. Uh, the top, the top three, uh, neighborhoods in Chicago that are considered the most dangerous. Is West Inglewood, Inglewood, and Riverdale. Gotcha. Oh, Riverdale. I always forget about that one. 
Yeah, then there's like Auburn Gresham, whatever the hell that yeah, is. That's rough. Fuller Park, Gage Park. Chicago that might be Wild. Gage Park and Fuller Park might be the ones I confuse for whatever reason with Garfield Park and and, and Humboldt Park. I gotta tell so you I, though, they're, they're, Park and Humboldt Park used to be worse than they are, and now they're not as bad. I gotta tell you though, they got some pictures of these neighborhoods, and I bet they got great fucking food. Oh God, yeah. I love um, I, I, I love these divey little food places, man. I had to uh, I had to take a bus uh, up through the city one time. Um, starting, where did I start? I don't remember. It was right off the blue line, um, down down on the south side, mm-hmm. um, south side. And uh, I, I've I've never felt this. It's the only time I've ever felt unsafe on the city streets. And it was broad daylight, and you know. Um, there's all sorts of people walking by me in, in pretty ratty clothes. And, you know, you see the occasional really, really unbelievably nice car drive through. And you think to yourself, that car is from somebody who, who runs the drug ring. You know what I mean? Um, and that's, that's probably a prejudice feeling on my part. I, I, you know, got to do better about having thoughts like that. But anyway, as I'm sitting there waiting for the bus, I'm standing across from the most amazing smelling hot dog stand I've ever seen in my life. And they've got like, Hot dogs, they've got ribs, they've got, uh, burgers. I can't even remember the name of the place, but it looked literally like it was ready to fall apart if the slightest thing happened to it. So you know the food has to be incredible because people are risking their lives to eat there. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? <laughs> can I guess that the building was yellow? I think it was. It was most either of, yellow or green. Most of those, most of those broken down, delicious fucking places are mostly, are usually Vienna yellow. Yep. And yeah. I got that from the video you sent me about the burgers. Yeah. Fatso's. God. What are you freaking thinking about, Joe? What am I freaking thinking about? I had a good answer to this question. I am freaking thinking about um, man, I, I'm really just thinking about this keto diet. To be honest with you, I've been you su- I've been surprised by it. I am surprised by it. I'm surprised. So like, uh, and and I'm I'm pretty sure it has to do with my water intake. Mm-hmm. But for the first three four days last week, um, I was just going down by like you know two tenths of a pound, three tenths of a pound, half a pound, and then all of a sudden I wake up this morning and I'm nine pounds lighter than I was when I started. And I just, it's unbelievable to me. You know, I'm looking in the mirror and I can, I can see my cheekbones for the first time in like six months. You know, I don't, I don't have as big a double chin anymore. It's unbelievable after just a week. Sad thing is, man, you've heard me talk about this for nearly two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I wouldn't have done it without you. Right. That's the power of Freaknet Studios in this freaking show, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are you freaking thinking about? Um, I told you before how I wanted to kind of start a hobby of like redoing like furniture and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I believe I'm gonna start that this week. Uh, I got a, I got a garage sale, a community garage sale here in a couple weeks that's coming up, and uh, I got a couple dressers from uh, Sherry and Allen because uh, they're planning on moving and everything, and. Uh, they had a couple dresses they didn't want anymore and they're just gonna throw out. So I just ended up taking them. I was like, no, I, I could really start my hobby now because there are a couple of things that are in my garage that I need to work on. And now I got the tool bench and the workspace and all the stuff to do it. Uh, I just gotta go to Home Depot. I gotta pick up some stain and some, uh, varnish, polyurethane, some sandpaper and everything. Um, so I'm probably gonna do that tomorrow and get started on kind of Redoing these dressers. I got that old chest I got to redo, and I got to decide if I want to keep it or not. Because now that I got the new sectional in the uh, the living room, I don't got room for it, so it may go in the guest room. I'm not sure yet. Um, I got to redo that. I got an old milk can. I got to redo. I got this old uh, soldier cannon uh, cement uh, yard sculpture thing. I got to redo. So I'm really excited because I'm gonna start doing that this week. Uh, plus, I got my AC fixed, so I'm happy about that. That's all taken care of. Uh, so, uh, project stuff, you know, being laid off and everything, I gotta keep myself busy, gotta keep myself moving, and because I'm on this diet, I can't just sit around and do nothing, because then I just 
it just it makes the diet useless if I'm not continuously trying to improve myself all around. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna start doing some uh, designs by travesty and see uh, see how I do. So I'm gonna nice. go and I'll go Nice, fantastic. I hope it goes well for you. All right, this freaking furniture. Damn straight. Uh, hey, Joe. Yes. Every week our listeners can catch Cartoon Joe here at this freaking show. But if an hour of Cartoon Joe a week just isn't enough, we're going to go. If you need more Cartoon Joe, you can find me over at the GeekCast Live podcast at violentpress.com. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, and Twitter by searching GeekCast Live. Guys, make sure you follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter just by searching This Freaking Show. And let all of your friends know that This Freaking Show is available to be viewed on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, at This Freaking Show. And if you are listening to us on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating, please give us a review. Subscribe to us on Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean, just so you know that when the show is dropped, you'll be notified of it. That's all I got. As always, I am Travis And I'm Cartoon Joe. Thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out.